0: Hey guys, my name is Ian and welcome back to the AZ Sports Podcast. In this episode, I bring on another guest this week. We are going to be talking about this past Sunday's Super Bowl. We're also going to be talking about the Utah Jazz and the Pittsburgh Steelers and how their seasons have been going and how it went. And we're also going to be answering a couple questions that were sent in by some of the viewers. We are back on this episode, and again for the second week in a row, I have on another guest. I bring on Landon, who doesn't have a podcast.
1: I don't. This is um, my first one,
0: so uh, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. What fan? Uh, what teams your fans? You're a fan of all, right. all that.
1: Yep, uh, my name's Landon Evans. I am a huge fan of Utah Jazz and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I watch the Diamondbacks if they're doing good, but other than that, I mainly just follow basketball and football, so that's why I think those are going to be the two uh, teams that we talk about on this episode. So Yes,
0: and that is exactly what I said in my introduction. We are going to be talking about his two teams and just summing everything up, but we are going to start off with this past Sunday's Super Bowl. In case you missed the Super Bowl, it was a, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers beat the Chiefs thirty-one to nine, in what was a surprising, dominating fashion. We get to see Tom Brady get his seventh ring, and that's it. It's a surprising outcome, to say the least. Thirty-one and nine, so that's a twenty-two point loss, and it was something that I even mentioned in my last episode. It's not uh, it. I was not expecting that but I think at the end of the day it was uh it was the Chiefs offensive line that really held this team back.
1: Yeah, I mean I think the biggest thing with that game was the I mean, the Bucks D line and how I mean, a lot of the Chiefs offensive linemen were hurt and they had to get put moved around and so they weren't used to playing their normal positions and I think that just tore them apart.
0: Yeah, it was very it was very, the impact that the left tackle Eric Fisher and the right tackle Mitchell Schwartz had on this team was very evident. They also had their left guard, Kaleche, I'm not going to pronounce his last name. Um, They were all out for this past season, Eric Fisher most recently with a torn Achilles and that really was, you know, <laughs> the offensive line really didn't do Patrick Mahomes any favors. And you get to see Bruce Arians, who is a former Cardinals head coach, get his first ring. And there's, you know, there's a little tidbit that I want to add there. There is so many Cardinals connections when it comes to both of these teams, and I only mention this because I'm I am a Cardinals fan. You know, we get to see almost this entire coaching staff on Tampa. From they all coached in Arizona, we also get to see the Honey Badger, who I maybe we'll get into in a couple minutes. Um, we also get to see players like Dayon De- Dayon De- 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 Buchanan, who is a former first round pick. He pro- I don't think he got any snaps, but he gets a first his first ring. Um, we also just see our former defensive coordinator and Todd Bowles, who I think after the performance that he had after the game plan that he had against Kansas City to limit them to no touchdowns and only nine points i think he should deserve some sort of head coaching recognition in the future and uh, if you want to add any, anything more to i mean that
1: byron leftwich uh, offensive coordinator former steelers qb um i give props to him he coached a great game and so congrats to him on getting that ring Yes, and this this is going to be the hard part
0: for Tampa because they have arguably, I'm not going to say he is, but arguably the greatest quarterback in history in Tom Brady. And it's it's shown for almost every season for the past couple of, throughout this past decade, there hasn't been many back-to-back winners. And that's just a matter of game planning by the other teams and just seeing Tampa Bay or other teams, excuse me, um fall after their Super Bowl win or appearance and you can and it's going to be difficult for Tampa to go back to the Super Bowl and win another one considering everybody knows their strengths and weaknesses they're going to have most of their players back they do have a lot of players that are going to be free agents but I do have the belief that they will bring those guys back whether that be on um new deals or the franchise tag, it could be a matter of that. But, I mean, there's a lot of lot of teams, especially Chiefs, that are going to be hungry to go beat Tampa Bay next year.
1: Yeah, um, I agree. And let me ask you something. I heard somebody say, I forget who it was, but they said if Tom Brady won this Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes would never be able to catch up to Tom Tom Brady as the greatest of all time and surpass him. Do you agree with that?
0: I think that is a little too early to tell. I mean, Brady has been doing this since early 2000s, maybe late 90s. I don't have my information on that. But, I mean, the main debate about the this greatest of all time in the football world, it has been backed up by rings. And so far, Brady has, has the most rings. And when you see Patrick Mahomes he's a fantastic player, but he has, I am i don't think that this trend will keep going, but he has been timid in the spotlight when it comes to the Super Bowl. It took until the fourth quarter of last year's Super Bowl to really get the offense going, and it took another comeback, which is still good, but when you are making the case that um, you're the greatest quarterback of all time, you got to kind of put your foot on the gas pedal a little bit earlier, and throughout this game uh, he didn't put his foot on the gas pedal, you know, granted he didn't have any have any help from his O-line or his receivers and the coaches had a great ga- game plan to limit Patrick Mahomes, but I do think that it's too early to tell for Patrick Mahomes when it comes to the GOAT conversation.
1: Yeah, um, I agree, because again he's he's young and he made it to the super bowl here super young and so he still has all this time brady's 43 years old and he's he's probably going to he says he's going to play for a little longer and things like that so but no i i agree and again props to the bucks defense and their uh their uh coaching and their uh, game plan to to shut him down. You know they shut down Tyreek Hill the whole game. They let Travis Kelsey get uh, the main amount of touches and things like that. But and Patrick Mahomes was dealing with some toe turf. I'm not that it's not an excuse. And then again, their offensive line. Some players were playing at positions that they didn't normally play at. So it was just a hard game all around for them. And then the Bucks defense didn't make it any easier on them. So
0: yeah, this uh, the Chiefs did. At least in my eyes, they looked underprepared they didn't look prepared to go against this sort of game plan and it resulted in one of the, throughout my lifetime one of the more boring Super Bowls yeah. maybe outside of the uh Rams Patriots or the uh Broncos Seahawks Yep. Um it would be nice to just see a rematch of these two teams going at it and maybe Kansas City being at full strength.
1: Yeah, cuz it just didn't truly live up to the hype either. I mean, I was when coming in to watch that, I was ready for like you know some good back and forth action. It just didn't really happen. So,
0: but then again, we can make the case that a lot of other Super Bowls don't really live up to the hype, even That's if true. they are good games. You know, I think the unquestioned one of this past decade that it lived up to the hype was the Falcons Patriots game, which yeah. was just an unbelievable game. But I even agree. then, yeah even then you know we get to see uh something like what was the 2014 one that was Seahawks Patriots
1: mm-hmm.
0: no that's a bad example let me go with <laughs> the uh like the Panthers and Broncos that will always have a whole ton of hype that, that had a lot of hype but then again you know that
1: kind of fell flat on his face yeah i mean Peyton Manning coming back like that was that was huge for them and for him to win a Super Bowl with them and with the Colts. So I think that was a, a big deal. But then Cam Newton with the great season he had, you know, MVP year and coming into that, I think that's where a lot of the hype came from, too. And again, it was it was a great game. So so just to wrap off that just to finish off this segment,
0: the Chiefs, again, were not at full strength, which is. Something that's unfortunate when you have probably the most box office NFL player, you know, not playing to his, to his level. But I don't think that this means that the Chiefs are going to be on this downward fall. I think that the Chiefs are going to be back, and I would say that they would be better than ever. I think after this Super Bowl, they have a lot of changes that they need to make, and that includes maybe getting some more wide receiver talent and maybe some players in the secondary and the Bucks, it's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be a harder journey to go back to the Super Bowl. But when you have a fantastic head coach in Bruce Arians and a quarterback in Tom Brady, you can never say never when it comes to a team like that. And we can only hope that... I hope that we get to see these two two teams back in action come next February. And now we move on to this Pittsburgh Steelers team... In the 2020 season, they started off 11 and 0, which was a franchise best, and they became the first team to do so since Carolina in 2015. That streak was broken in week 13 to the Washington football team, and with that, they ended up losing five out of their next six, which included a wild card loss to the Cleveland Browns which was ended in the score of 37 to 48 and Landon as a Steelers fan knowing how well you guys started off and how disappointing the season ended plus on top of some other things whether that be awards or whether that be um you know players that are going to be on expiring deals are going to be free agents in this upcoming spring what are your overall thoughts of this past 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers season
1: um you know very just very disappointed overall i i was really excited after they started off 11 and 0 and i thought we were really hot but then i remember hearing all the controversy that we had an easy schedule and i mean it's it's true our our schedule wasn't the hardest and in some of those games, you know, for example, the Broncos game playing against backup QB. I forget his name. Um, anyways, we almost blew that game to them. We let them almost come back and win. And, you know, the Ravens game. The Ravens are a good team. But again, we should have we been... We shouldn't have let it come down to the last second in that situation. Like A lot of our games this season ended up in a pass deflection in the end zone for a win. And I just don't think it should have been that way. If if we were truly a dominant team, we would have been able to close it out a lot earlier and people would have been able to look at those games and say, okay, they have it locked down or, you know, okay, they can finish this off. But even me as a fan watching, even being 11-0, I still didn't have confidence in them. That they, like every single game that I watched was, oh my gosh, are we going to win this? The Cowboys game, for example, that was one of the... scariest games I've watched because, you know, one, the the game was going to put us at our best start in franchise history, and I thought we had it locked down to this Cowboys team who was very injured without Dak Prescott. They were on their uh, third-string quarterback, some guy from a different football league, (laughs) Garrett Gilbert. Um, And so it it was just very disappointing. That game also ended up in a having we had to come back and ended up in a pass deflection in the end zone. Um so yeah, it was just very disappointing overall and then the loss to the Browns in the playoffs just really killed my mood, so.
0: <laughs> so I I've, I've kept up a little bit. I keep up with teams a little bit, you know, maybe not so much. So um when it comes to like the Cardinals and the Suns because you know, that's my those are my teams, but every team that I'll keep up a little bit. So I'm going to ask you this question, you know, what was, what do you think was the downfall of this Pittsburgh Steelers team? Because in my eyes, I thought it was, when it came to the offense, I thought it was for sure the running backs group where James Conner, somebody that uh, I know that you guys have had a lot of high hopes for, especially during the time where he had to replace Le'Veon when he was holding out. And he has been certainly disappointing. You guys had I thought that you guys didn't have a very good run game, and I could also make the case for um your guys' middle linebacker group. You guys really did miss Devin Bush, and and that could be the same thing for uh, Bud Dupree, who is your your pass rusher, one of your pass rushers, and I think the your guys' struggles when it came down to the defense was just pass coverage from your from your linebackers, and I was just wondering if you could agree with most of what I'm saying or if you have anything to add on.
1: No, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, the run game was so frustrating this last season. I, you know, you'd watch all these other teams, and that was one of the biggest problems that we had with the Browns, with, you know, Nick Chubb and, and uh, Kareem Hunt. I mean, and and then you look at our run game and James Conner, I I love him. He was, you know, he was a pro bowler uh, either last season or the season before that. And and then when Le'Veon Bell, you know, we got rid of him and things like that. I was like, I I, I had confidence in James Conner. And then when we drafted Benny Snell, uh, I felt pretty good about him. And then we had the um, we had the catch passing back with Jalen Samuels. And so, I don't know. Overall, I felt pretty good about it. And But he only had one or two explosive games this year. And other than that, he was just an average back. And even then, we had Ben Roethlisberger throwing it over 50 times in some of our games, which is ridiculous. Like, it, it would get the, the job done. But that's, I think, our biggest downfall was teams were able to figure out that we don't have a run game and that we just have a passing game. And even then, like, our receivers are good they're average but they're not those elite receivers like some of the teams have and again Arizona, Arizona. <laughs> exactly we were able to get the the job done with them sometimes but again teams were able to figure us out and James Conner just wasn't explosive enough towards the end of the the season he just wasn't able to get the get the job done like most of the other backs in the league and then again like you said with our linebacker position they cannot losing uh, Devin Bush, and then we have uh, Vince Williams in there, and then uh, our rookie, How- Alex Highsmith. He also had to fill in for Bud Dupree once he got hurt. So we had a lot of people switching around to that position, and again, they they can't guard receivers very well, so that's another weakness that I think teams found in us. So yeah, I I pretty much agree with everything that you said there. Now, you guys obviously
0: had your your very explosive start to the season. It ends up being disappointing, and now there's a whole lot of question marks. We get to see their pass rusher, Bud Dupree, reach free agency, and the same can be said for Juju Smith-Schuster, your guys' former second-round receiver. Um, I think we could also say the same for Avery Williamson. I believe he was on an expiring deal. Um, And you guys are in the negative in cap space i believe. Yes you guys are. You guys are estimated to have negative 14 cap space and unless you guys release some players you guys are probably not going to be able to make very many moves. So just to end off the Steelers section, what do the Steelers need to do to improve this roster and potentially make a Super Bowl run? in the later years of Ben Roethlisberger's career?
1: Well, you know, we just had Marquise Pouncey retire. So um, congrats to him on the great season. Drafted, We drafted him and finished off his career in Pittsburgh for 11 years. So uh, that'll be a loss. We'll need to find somebody at the center position. And then as well, we're gonna, for the cap space question, I think I I we haven't got a, you know, for sure answer yet. Uh, they were supposed to meet with Ben Roethlisberger after the Super Bowl to talk about his cap space. They were going to drop him down quite a bit because he was supposed to, for this year, get like $41 million. So they're going to drop him down quite a bit because he said uh, that he'll do anything just to stay on the, the team, even if that means taking a pay cut. So I think that's what will happen there. And then I've seen that some, I think the Jets are really interested in Juju Smith-Schuster right now. Um, and to be honest, I mean, if, if we re-sign him, great, because he's, I think, the most veteran wide receiver on our team right now, and I think he's he's a great role player for us uh, w- w- with everything going on right now, so if we re-sign him, great. If we don't, I think that we can um, make something work with uh, free agent signing as well, and then people like Bud Dupree, um, teams aren't going to want to, I think, sign him to a big deal just yet. They, I think they're going to want to see how he does coming back from his injury and how he he performs there. So, you know, if if we could get him for a one-year kind of low-paid deal, that would be great. I don't know if that will happen because there are some teams out there that probably will pay big for him even with his injury going on. So I think, you know, a, well, and a big thing that we need right now is our O line. That's, I think, what's really going to help us with our, to make a, a good run next year with probably, our, I think, definitely our last year with Ben Roethlisberger. Um, if he stays, um, he needs that good O line. A lot of them are getting old. We're losing Alejandro Villanueva as well. Um, so I, I think some drafting some O linemen, but we're also talking about drafting Najee Harris in the first round, the Alabama running back. Because that be nice. Yeah, we're dropping James Conner, so we're losing him as well. So that would be fantastic. I love, I love the look of Najee Harris on the Steelers, and I think that he'd fit well with our offense. But then again, if we draft an offensive lineman, there have also been talks about picking up Marlon Mack from the Colts um, at running back position. So there's just a lot, but I think the biggest thing to help improve our team... Uh, This next year would be definitely offensive lineman and running back position.
0: Yeah, and I only ask that because I really don't know much about uh, what your guys' needs are. I know what you guys need to improve on, but I don't know what your guys' needs are. And that's going to be wrapping up this uh, Steelers segment. And realistically, as a Cardinals fan, I would hope that they would get a whole lot worse. But (laughs) obviously every team is going to get better in some way, shape, or form uh this coming off season and you know good luck to this uh Steelers team coming this off season. And now for us to move on to something a little bit more positive. The Utah Jazz are 20 and 5. They are the 5. F- okay, <laughs> 20 and 5. They are first in their division and first in their conference. I don't know if is it the entire NBA?
1: Yep, entire NBA right now.
0: First place in the entire NBA. And, you know, when it comes to the NBA and the Utah Jazz, I'm not going to lie, Utah is a lower market team, and I don't really keep track of what they're mainly doing, so I I can't really have a say in what's going right and wrong for them, but what do you think is going right Um, for this Jazz team so far?
1: Definitely three-point shooting. That was the one thing that I heard Quinn Snyder wanted the team to do, was... um, shoot the three ball like a lot and if you look at the stats well the stats do show it we are first in the league with three-point shots made and i think it's over 400 right now and then it's uh, a three-point percentage we're like second but it's because we take a lot of shots and if you look at some of the like we've been putting up like averaging 45 shots three-point shots a game which is crazy and you know we got our shooters we got everybody can shoot the ball on our team right now we got uh Royce O'Neal we got Jordan Clarkson Mike Conley Donovan Mitchell uh Boyan Bogdanovich they've all been shooting you know fantastic and I think right now and then our defense I think we we, we've been playing some pretty good defense with Rudy Gobert and in the center he's really been um, doing well. And then we signed Derek Favors this year. We got him back from the Pelicans. So that's been a good addition, I think, for as, as a backup center coming in. So, And then we, we've we even got a few guys off the bench. Our bench isn't, you know, fantastic, but we got some guys who can come in and shoot the, the ball too, like um, George Yang, and um, a few other guys. So I think that's our biggest success right now.
0: Yeah, I figured that Derek Favors was going to go back to Utah. I felt like that was supposed to happen. Oh, they are 21-5. and five. Jesus.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, your head coach has really done a, a really good job and your guys' offense has been very well and your defense has always been really stout and I don't think that it's all because of... I think Gobert is like a really good piece down low when it comes to defense but I don't think that he's the reason that you guys are at the best defense and... This Utah Jazz team, I don't know how long this is going to hold up. And I mean that in the most sincere way. When it comes to teams like the Lakers and the Clippers, maybe the Suns, and that's maybe, (laughs) but when it comes to these LA teams, they're going to get better, and they have, I would say, better personnel. And the Utah Jazz, they're on a hot start and you can, you can only hope that this, uh, this jazz team continues to be very hot and stay afloat in the top three, four seed in the Western conference. What do you think that this team has to do to make sure that they get themselves over the hump when it comes to these LA teams, maybe even some of these top Eastern conference teams, like the Sixers, the Bucks nets, what do you think they got to do?
1: Um, I mean, I think that they need to go in with a lot of confidence because I think in the past we haven't had that. Um, it's kind of it's kind of dropped off, and I think right now with the position they're in, um, they can do that. And I forgot to also mention with, you know, Joe Ingles as another piece. Um, he was huge. We've we just took down to the we took down the Celtics and the Bucks in our last two games, which was I think really good for us again the east isn't the the best conference right now you know if you look at their their whole stand their standings as a whole but then again you also have those top teams like you were mentioning mentioning like the sixers bucks nets so i think to get over those top teams and like these la teams we play the lakers here coming up in the next few weeks i think on like the 24th go lakers <laughs> but um yeah i don't know i, I think just a lot of Confidence, and then just, just playing, playing that defense. I was watching the game, the um, Grizzlies Lakers last night, and Lakers started off slow because of I think their turnovers, and Anthony Davis didn't shoot the ball very well at the beginning, but a lot of turnovers, and I think we have to take advantage of those teams' mistakes, and we need to, I think, convert off those things, and I think with our team that we have now, we've been able to do a great job of that this season when when things like that happen.
0: Yeah, and I just want to mention just this one thing about this Jazz team. So two off-seasons ago, the Jazz traded for Mike Conley, and for the most part of last season, he was considered a disappointment. You guys were expected to be, what, maybe a little bit better than a top-six seed? Yes. He has been very, very... Nice when it when it comes to the stat line, it looks a lot better than it did last year. Seventeen and six assists, and it just seems like he is a much more of a. He is a positive to this team right now more than a more than a negative. I feel like his impact has really, really been key to this uh, Jazz team's success because they needed him last year and he's providing it now.
1: I agree. I think this is the whole reason why we traded for him, and you've heard a lot of people start to say this is the mike conley that you know was playing in memphis this was the one that that we originally traded for and when we were looking at him we said yes this is what we want on our team and i think last year he was still really getting adjusted to playing with us you know a new team he was on memphis for i don't know how long um forever and so after getting traded to a new team i think he was just trying to build that chemistry and things like that and like I was I was very disappointed after watching him through the first few games and then he really started to pick it up last year in the bubble um which was awesome and that gave me good hopes for this next season and he has not disappointed like you said his his stat line's been great so far um this season he's been out the past couple of games here now with uh some hamstring or achilles soreness so and We've still been able to get the the job done against some some top teams. So, and then again, he just he's a great leader as as our point guard on the court, and so and and I think that that's what we've been looking for this whole time as a point guard and to somebody to you know take the ball down the court and um, start running the plays. So, yeah,
0: and just to add on, just just a little throwing in there, the Suns are one of the few teams that have beaten the Jazz this season, and uh, we can only... All- We can all, and I mean all of us, can only hope that stays that way. But uh, the Jazz, they have been been off to a very, very hot start, and let's just see if this team can hold this hot start and hold off some of these really good teams that they have coming up in the schedule and what they could potentially be facing in the playoffs. And now to probably the more fun part of this episode, we... uh, I ended up posting something on my Instagram asking for you guys to send in some questions for us to answer. And the first few questions, they both tie into each other, so if you guys didn't know, J.J. Watts, the longtime Houston Texans icon, I'll say, I feel like he is the best player in Houston Texans history, just got released in what was a surprising move as as just a fan. You would have expected him to maybe... Maybe get traded and maybe they try to recoup some uh draft picks since they are they don't have any draft picks that are significant. But they made a they made a good reason, a good statement to why they released him. But I've gotten a few questions about JJ Watt, and the first one that I'll that we'll answer, maybe you can pitch in right here. Um from Aiden, is there a potential is there any potential for J.J. Watt to land in Arizona? In case you guys didn't know, the defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals, Vance Joseph, was the cornerback's coach for the Texans during J.J. Watt's first three years. There is some sort of correlation in there, so that he might be able to fit in to this defensive scheme pretty nicely. And I'm pretty sure that the Cardinals were interested in J.J. Watt at the deadline this past season but I do believe that some factors did factor into them not trading for him which includes age and his contract at the time and his injury history so I definitely do think that there is a possibility for J.J. Watt to land in in Arizona but I do think that it is it is a small one just due to the fact that there is a lot of other a lot of other suitors, a lot of other teams that may want him. And that ties into this next question coming in from Michael. Where do you think JJ Watt will land? And I think we could both go in and answer this a little bit. I think Pittsburgh is one of the one of the top teams that I think that he'll go to. I, he's not my number one team, and obviously not my number one team.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Even just, I mean, coming for, as from a Steelers fan, like, I'm not even just saying this just because I want him, but I think it makes the most sense with, you know, you have Derek Watt and TJ Watt brothers, and we're also going to be losing Bud Dupree, and who knows, I don't know how much people are looking to pay him right now. Um, but I would say the top teams that make the most sense right now are the Steelers and maybe even the Packers, Yeah, that was what I was going to say Yeah, with with him being from Wisconsin and all, I think that would just um, make the most sense. Yeah, I think, I mean, you just hit that spot on. That was going to be the next
0: team I was going to say, and my last team. Mm Because I do think that the reason they released him was because they wanted him to choose his own destination. And that was pretty much as a reward for being with the Texans, a crappy organization, for the last decade. And for him to be able to choose his team, I don't know how he's going to go to Pittsburgh, just considering the cap space that yeah, we were just talking that, about.
1: That's the only hard part, the more difficult part that I see going on there is with the, the cap space issues. If, yeah, like if we can afford him, but I think that that'll be a place that would really you know, appeal to him with his brothers being there and things. So that's the only thing that I could think, and maybe they can work something out if he really wants to to do it. But other than that, um, I, I, I see the Packers being the next best spot. And I, I'd I'd like to throw in saying that I, I like how the Texans handled with, with him again, if he did get traded, yes, they would get draft picks. But I think like you said, it was just a pretty big, like, thank you to him. And it, Kind of lets him go on and choose where he wants to be next to make his own ne- negotiations with teams because, like like they said, it was a mutual agreement and he put so- something cool out on Instagram saying um, thank you and things like that. So
0: yeah, and you know JJ Watt is going to be a highly coveted free agent in this coming off season and it's going to be exciting. This is, there's a lot of big names that are out on out on the free agent market along with the trade block and. He's gonna be one of the most, one of the more sought after, more sought after, excuse me, players in the league, and it's gonna be exciting. Where, I mean, let's just see where JJ Watt ends up going come this spring. This next question is gonna come in from Braden, and he asks, "What record are the Arizona Cardinals going to have this year?" Well, Brayden, there's gonna gonna be a lot of things, a lot of moving parts are gonna go on with this Cardinals team because I think that this team is gonna have uh, a sense of urgency this off season, knowing how disappointed we were as fans with how our season ended after such a such a good start and you know very iconic moments that have gone on this season and to end it like that, it's it's certainly disappointing, and now these these coaches, the general manager potentially are going to be um you know just doing this for their for their jobs, for their job security. I think they understand that they have to work with a sense of urgency. So I think we are going to have to have to wait and see because there are going to be a lot of moving parts and a whole bunch of um potential signings. What record do I think that they will have though? They play against the AFC. I don't think it's the South. I'm I'm pretty sure. I pretty sure, now that I think about it, it's probably the South. Um, with the Jags and the Texans, that division. Um, we also play Green the whole NFC North, which is Bears, Lions, Packers, Vikings, Vikings. And we might potentially be playing the Browns, which would be a be a nightmare. <laughs> but with the teams that uh, I mentioned maybe outside of the Browns I expect this team to go 10 and 6 this is a a franchise with a really really good quarterback we saw that this season where he put up nearly 5000 yards of total offense and 37 total touchdowns while missing out on you know two games you know he played in I think he played in all sixteen, but a lot of them he was hampered for most of the game or whatnot. You also have your star receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, who has proven to be such a really good receiver,
1: and Christian Kirk as well. Yeah, I mean, throw him in there as as an an upcoming you know piece for this team. I think he could be really well, and and I I think him and Kyler Murray have some good chemistry going on, um, and we saw that a lot last season with some of his his catches and he had, he had a lot of big games for I'd say for me in fantasy <laughs> um I I went and picked him up when I saw him start to do good but he had a lot of uh surprising outbreak games where you would look at him and go who's that you know if if, if you were just a fan of football and then I so I think he'll make a pretty big name for himself next year with this team
0: yeah I mean Christian Kirk he definitely ended off disappointing He's definitely he's probably not a wide he he proved to us that he's not a number 2 receiver. And that's something that I mentioned two episodes ago when I said what did this team need to do? They got to get themselves a number 2 receiver to go along with DeAndre Hopkins, preferably a bigger target so that he could so that Kyler Murray could throw the ball higher and they should probably look at maybe some maybe a number one corner, some defensive line depth. You know, preferably depth everywhere, but just the two main positions, cornerback and a wide receiver too, should be what they're going for and I think that they will accomplish that. That goal of getting two new players in those positions. Um but I do expect this team to make a jump. I expect Kyler to learn from his mistakes and that's the same for Cliff Kingsbury, and us Cardinals fans, we have a lot of a lot of high hopes, and I don't know if you would agree with that, but you know, ten and six is my prediction for right now, and where I think a lot of us should be expecting them to go next season. And for the last part, this isn't really much of a question; is more of a more of a request. Caesar writes in, "Go into detail on the Clippers lineup and tell us what they're doing good and what needs to be better." For the Clippers, they have gone off to another another really good start. I I'm pretty sure they're third.
1: They're third, yeah. They have eight loss. I know that they're an eight loss team.
0: Yes. And this team has some really good players as we all know. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, those are your two guys, uh, your two main options. You also have some complementary players. Reggie Jackson has filled in as a very um a very good backup point guard. Um competent um he was more competent than last season, which is which is a plus, especially when Patrick Beverly really hasn't been, really hasn't been the same uh, since his really good season two years ago. Nicholas Batum has been playing awesome. He's been a sneaky good pickup this off season. Serge Ibaka has been providing a lot more defense, um, a lot more defense than Montrose Harrell could have offered. Marcus Morris has played pretty well. Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard has played really solid off the bench as just a just the flamethrower of uh off the bench I guess the thing that needs to be better Lou Williams has to be better he has been in the sixth man of the year uh race for the last I don't know how many years but he last season I forgot his averages I think it was somewhere along the lines of 16 to 18 points and a couple of assists a
1: game. That was Jordan Clarkson, baby. (laughs) 17 points averaging.
0: And uh, Lou Williams, he is showing his age. He's definitely regressed. He's definitely been a a non-factor, considering that he doesn't provide much defense. Being a smaller guard doesn't really help his case either. And he has an expiring deal, so I believe that you guys can get a... A de- I wouldn't say a decent haul, but I think you guys could get something back considering that he is on an expiring deal, which is something that teams really, really like. Um, Luke Kennard, he's on a bloated contract. I'll say that. He's played very well. He, last year, he had his best season. I believe he averaged 16, 17 points a game as well. And clearly that was going to be uh, reduced following the trade to the Clippers because he's not going to be the number one option like he was on the Pistons. But Luke Kennard has to do a little bit better when it comes to his efficiency and um, creation and playmaking because, for the most part, he's a he's a spot-up guy. You're starting – I don't think he's starting. Zubox has always been a solid player mm-hmm. um, as the backup center. And Pat Patterson has always been a nice little stretch four for you guys. And just what this team needs, I think they really need maybe a backup two or three. Luke Kennard is a two or three, but he can also run the one. And I think the main goal for this team, because you still have to re-sign Kawhi Leonard probably after this season, You already re-signed Paul George. You already re-signed Luke Kennard and Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris and Luke Kennard to bloated deals. But if you want to make a maybe a deeper push, maybe some more star power, you have to throw in players like Patrick Beverly, which I know, Caesar, you really, really love Patrick Beverly and Lou Will. And I think it's those two players um, predominantly you really like. Um, But if you want to be better, if you want to see your team maybe be better than the Jazz and the Lakers, there's got to be a little bit more star power. And that's crazy to think because you would think that Kawhi and Paul George are are that. But I think you do have to cash in on some of these players that are on bigger contracts, you know, such as Pat Bev who's making 13 million a year. Lou Williams is on expiring. You can maybe trade Zubots as maybe an asset. But maybe I mean, outside of this, Lou Will not being a a very good basketball player anymore, or a very good rotation player anymore, this team is still championship caliber.
1: Yeah. They've been they've they've definitely been showing it over the past few games here and with their records in third and the East or west um and shout out to you know paul george for stepping up after he got a lot of criticism and heat last year in the bubble yeah he's been amazing so far yeah this he's year. he's he's been a stud so far so he's been dropping a lot of 30 bombs here and there so and then Kawhi leonard of course is just Kawhi leonard but yeah like like you said i think just a, a lot more uh star power with because you know Lou Williams was that guy in the past years, but now I think he's shown to not be that guy as much. Um, so just, yeah, that kind of sums it up right there.
0: Yeah, and just to really sum everything up, because I did ramble on quite a bit in this episode, you guys with Kawhi and Paul George and having some nice complimentary pieces like Batum and Ibaka and Reggie Jackson, um, Zubots and Luke Kennard, those and Marcus Morris, those guys have been really good for this Clippers team throughout this season. What needs to change is Lou Williams. I think that he's got to go, and if you want to, a chance to improve this roster, because I don't think Lou will would be worth anything more than maybe you know a scrub player and a and a pick. I think in order to get off of Lou Williams, you got you would have to attach an asset like Pat Beverly. Um, you may have to include somebody like a Terrence Mann or a Zubats. And so you your main problem is Lou Will, but everything else, you guys have been playing really, really well. And uh, yeah, hopefully the Suns can overtake the Clippers in the standings <laughs> as well. <laughs> and with that, that'll be the end of this today's episode and i thank landon for coming on to the show today thank you guys for listening once again go check out my instagram at the az sports podcast and i will see you guys in the next episode